You're listening to episode 22 of Friending, the no-nonsense, all-practical, sometimes hilarious podcast show that helps women like you and me grow healthy female friendship because you need friends. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing maybe it's me. Maybe it's me that is the common denominator of why I'm having friendship issues. So we're going to talk about how to stop sabotaging your friendships. Look, nobody wants to hear this, but there is a possibility that you are the problem and you are the reason why you're having friendship problems. It's not a very nice thing to realize or have anyone tell you, but I'm going to tell you because I really believe that it's so important to have healthy female friendships. And usually the biggest obstacle in having healthy female friendships is ourselves. We really do get in our own way. Many women will reach out to me, whether it's via email or on social, or maybe even after an event that I've spoken at, and they'll say something to the effect of, I have a hard time with friendship because this always happens. I am always abandoned. I'm always betrayed. I'm always left out. I'm always put down. I'm always fill in the blank, okay? That word always is a red flag and should sort of kind of make you aware that if this is always happening and this is a pattern in your life, you have to look at the common denominator, which is you. Very difficult to do, and I don't want to sound cold or harsh about it, but I'm telling you that for many of us, the reason why we keep on having these issues is because there is some sort of lie or some sort of false paradigm of which we view ourselves and subsequently view our friendships and it's unhealthy. And that is why we cannot have healthy friendships. So I need you to know that I have this problem too. I'm not a professional friend by any means. If you know me personally, you know, you know, it's something that I work hard at, but you know, I'm not the most amazing friend in the world. This research, this work that I study is stuff that I'm trying to legitimately and authentically apply to my life. And I don't always get it right. And I say this because I'm going to tell you that there's a particular thing that I quote unquote, always struggle with. And I'm going to share that with you just to give you an example of what I'm talking about in reference to how we sabotage our friendships, how we get in our own way. And I remember it was a couple months ago, I was talking to a dear friend and there's this phrase that I have often said to my close friends, and it's definitely something that I believe about myself. It's not true, but it's something I struggle with. It's a lie. And that is, I said to my friend, you know, I always feel like I am the joke in the friendship circle, that I am like the stupidest person in the room. I said this. I said that I really feel like my friends see me as the stupidest person in the room, like I don't know what I'm talking about. And my dear friend just stopped me and she said, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. You believe that we think that you're stupid? And I said, yeah, because you know, I'm not really that smart. Everybody else has their masters and everybody else is doing these amazing things with their lives. And then there's me. And she just stopped me and she's like, you are just talking baloney. You're talking, I don't think she said baloney, but you can imagine what she did say. She's like, you're just talking lies. That's not even true. 
And I'm just going to say to you, none of us feel that way. None of us think that way about you, but I think you do. And you're putting that on us. And this is why you sometimes get really quiet when we're having conversations is you think that what you have to say is not intellectual enough or important enough. And then you feel like we're shutting you down. And that's not what's happening at all. And then she said, the only person that believes you are the stupidest person in the room is you. And I was like, okay, yeah. (laughs) You have to have friends who are just going to tell you like it is. And this is something that I have struggled with. If you are a close friend, you know that I have felt like for whatever reason, I'm dumb, which is not, I mean, it's insane when I say out loud and I'm, I'm being very vulnerable and transparent right now. And one of the things I have found is I have to go and dig deep and go, why do I have this lie that I am building every expectation, every perception upon, and then I'm projecting it upon my friends, and then I'm believing that, oh, they think I'm dumb, therefore I shouldn't say anything, therefore I can't really share anything, therefore we can't really be truly close, and I can't really truly be known. I mean, it's it's wild. You get all tangled up into it. And you know what? Here's something that's important to kind of just tell you is that That wasn't the first time I had shared with a close friend that I felt intellectually inferior to my close friends. That wasn't the first time. That had to be like time number 25, truly. And so finally, when my friend challenged me and sort of, you know, pushed me to do a little self-examination, I had to ask myself the question, why do I have this belief Because if I don't get to the root of that, if I don't expose the roots of that lie, I will continually sabotage my friendships. Now, let's be honest. Doing that very vulnerable, self-aware work is not incredibly comfortable. Diving into the deep, dark, emotional waters of your soul can be a little scary. And I'm going to share with you later on the episode an exercise that I did to sort of help me uncover the lie. And I'm going to share with you the root of that lie because I think it could help some of us sort of understand what needs to happen when we realize that it's our false paradigms. It's our false beliefs of what is true about ourselves that's actually sabotaging our friendships. But before we get into that exercise, I'm going to have us chat with my new friend, Jacqueline Widener. Now, you are in for a real treat because this is what Jacqueline does, is she helps women untangle the lies that they believe about themselves so that they can truly be free to thrive, okay? She's got this amazing podcast that's actually called Ready to Thrive. And we're going to talk to her today about the sort of unhealthy beliefs, the lies, the the false paradigms that we can sort of find ourselves in that are directly impacting our friendships. And she is so vulnerable, so transparent, so wise. I mean, you really are in for a treat. So without further ado, sit back, relax, or I don't know, if you're if you're on a run, keep running, but listen in, lean in, because Jacqueline's got gold for us today. 
I would love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what season of life you're in, and what you're most passionate about. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to meet you guys. Um, So I live just outside of Vancouver, Canada. So it's the west coast of Canada. Imagine Seattle and then think uh, three hours north. So very similar weather to Seattle. Uh, We're just kind of coming out of winter and I'm so excited to see the sunshine. Uh, I'm a mom of three girls. They're age three, five, and eight. And they talk a lot. So I, um, I get my talkativeness from them. (laughs) And I am really passionate right now um, just about seeing women kind of break free from things that are holding them back in life Mm. and really, really kind of run in uh, the freedom of who they are. And that's what I'm really passionate about. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Well, let's just jump right in. I would love to hear what you have found to be your biggest struggle when it comes to female friendship. Okay. So many things. Um, One of the things that uh, I think has been a struggle for me, especially as we've moved into this texting sort of age is miscommunication. Mm. And I think sometimes for me, if someone responds to my text and they haven't used a friendly emoji or an LOL or something, I'll be like, are they mad at me? What happened? Um, It can even go so far as to, I see somebody's posted something on social media and I'm like, oh, they've done that against me yeah, or they've commented on something and it's like, they're, they're actually probably not really thinking about me at all in that moment. Um, but I think for me, it's been that miscommunication. And even actually I have a story from probably, Oh, let's say like 13 years ago or so. So I don't even know what the texting format was back then. I had moved to a new city and with that move, I didn't have any friends. And so I really felt like um, there was sort of this self-esteem hit that happened. Mm. I wasn't really confident that yeah. people would want to be my friend. And so um, I did make friends with this woman who was a number of years older than me, super kind, went up for coffee. And I just remember messaging her in some way, maybe it was Hotmail, hotmail Messenger or something. And I just kind of said like, hey, you're my best friend. And I... <laughs> You know, things that I would probably never do now, but um, not, you know, not the wisest. Anyways, she responded to me, but probably not in the way that I would have liked. Nothing negative. Now, also thinking back, she was in a stage where she was a mom, had four kids. I can understand where she was probably like, hey, I don't have a ton of capacity for this 20-something. But um, because her response to me wasn't the like, yes, you're my best friend as well, response I took it that she didn't like me and for years we're still Mm. friends for years she would invite me to something or my family and as she would invite me I I had this kind of um, lost in translation that happened in my mind where I would think oh she's inviting us but she doesn't really like me you know I actually held on to this for years until there was one moment where she had invited me to a birthday party but it kind of felt like one of those late invitations like, oh, maybe I'm an afterthought or maybe right. she's only inviting me because she's invited all my other friends and she feels sorry for me. And I just sat there for a moment and thought, wait a minute. What if I have been reading into this all wrong? Like, what if she really does like me? And hmm. what if I'm basing all this stuff off a text message that was sent 13 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually did this crazy thing where I went for coffee with her 
And I just said, Hey, like I, and again, I was not accusing her of anything. I just said, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I kind of think maybe you don't really like me or, you know, I just kind of explained how I was feeling. Wow. And her um, shocked face was enough to tell me like, no, this was, this was a lie I'd been believing. Um, And so, you know, for me, miscommunication can have really far reaching consequences. And so that's a story about that. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many stories like this I can relate to personally, where you make these assumptions based upon a a text message. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, there's not enough emojis in the world to communicate tone, number one. And number two, as human beings, we always read things naturally in the negative. So if you say to someone, oh, hey, you know, how are you? And they write back, fine. We're reading it as fine, you know, or, you know, like as if they're annoyed with us, but it could be like, it could be fine. You know, it could be, we can't, we can't really like determine what exactly is going on. But I love the fact that you took that step to actually like, connect with her and and just straight out say, this is how I'm feeling because that's when you're able to identify what was true and was not true. I love that. So cool. Well, friendship struggles happen to all of us. That's, that's, that's a given. Everybody's going to struggle at some point or other. So I think it's tricky, but it's particularly tricky to navigate when it's us that's getting in our own way. So what are some ways that you think we tend to sabotage healthy female friendships in our own life? Things that we do that get in the way. Yeah. Well, I definitely think, um, you know, the miscommunication in so many ways is huge. Um, again, whether it's the text message or I, I see somebody and I've made some assumptions about them mm, yeah. uh, based on, again, it could be, <laughs> It could be in person, but it's a look. It is a some sort of body language. And again, I don't know what they are going through. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I've had lots of those things where I actually haven't even started a friendship because I have made assumptions about people. Mm. And, you know, I, I, um, I did that with a girl. I didn't know her super well, but I was from a distance just jealous of her. And, um, you know, she had the, she seemed to have the life that I wanted, right? She had, um, perfect body, hair, skin, like all of those kind of things. And there was a funny story where we happened to be pregnant at the exact same time. And then in labor at the exact same time, (laughs) um, using midwives. And so with my first, it was a very difficult, um, labor. And so I think in, in the time of me having my labor and then ultimate emergency c-section like it spanned over days she'd had a baby and it appeared to be like she sneezed and it you know popped out yeah and so for me I actually just created this scenario where I would jokingly say to people oh I hate her like I hate her and mm. almost like a well it makes sense to hate her because her life is so perfect yeah and you know years later again this is probably like seven or eight years later I ended up bumping into her and realizing no her life actually wasn't perfect. Hmm. Um, and because of my jealousy, so again, this thing that I let go between me, I could have spent that time, doesn't mean we have to be best friends, but I could have spent that time actually just saying, Hey, how, how are you? How is this going? Um, instead of allowing me to make these assumptions about her. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think in many ways, natural emotions 
like that, mm. um, jealousy and things like that can actually sabotage and can keep me from forming relationships with other people. So I think that's been a big thing. Um, another one is, uh, unrealistic expectations Mm. so there are certain things that are really important to me like my birthday (sighs) and in my mind I can have this idea of you know to have good friends means you go on a girl's getaway where you wear matching t-shirts and onesies and you know all your friends have done all of the perfect (laughs) things and it it just doesn't usually look like that now it doesn't mean I don't have great friends but they're human beings and they might actually forget to text me on my birthday or something like that and so I think sometimes um, having unrealistic expectations for yeah. me has definitely proved to try and sabotage some friendships for sure. Yeah. Um, just curious, when, what's your birthday month? So my birthday is the end of July. Yeah. You have and birthday issues, summer I birthday think- issues. I do too. I, I'm the 1st of August. And when you said that your birthday is a big deal, yeah. I'm telling you. I got these summer birthday issues and I'm like, my friends are always away on my birthday. Yep. They're always on vacation. <laughs> and, it, and for years, I felt like that meant, because like, I always cried on my birthday. I was always mm-hmm. upset. Yeah. And I thought it meant that either I didn't have friends yep. or my friends were rejecting me or they didn't really care about me. And it really has taken a lot to realize, no, they, they do like you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And in some ways, I could actually just have a lot of self-pity in that. Yeah. Or I can be proactive in it. And so I've chosen two different routes. Sometimes I'll dive into the self-pity and throw myself a party and just sit there. If I'm wise, I can say, hey, why don't we do something together in June? Or I I need to actually be proactive. And, And one of the, I think another main issue in friendships is expecting others to have all the initiative. Right? Yes. Huge. So Huge that problem. can be with my birthday or that can be just a coffee or a hangout or anything. And I can sit at home alone and say, you know, why are these people doing these things? Well, have I, have I done anything to create um, yeah. something in my life? Yeah. Have you done anything to take a step towards that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just think it's funny that your birthday is the end of July and you have birthday issues like me. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Do you hear that people? not the only one. Okay. Um, talk to us about the lies that we tend to believe in friendship. You just kind of touched on a couple, but what are a few big ones that you've discovered? Yeah, I think some of them, again, it's the kind of, I think the lost in translation, right? So mm-hmm. if I text a friend, put myself out there, this can feel really vulnerable depending on who the person is and what the mm-hmm. situation is. But um, if I text a friend saying, can you meet for coffee? And they say, no, I can't, right? Like I'm busy. Yeah. It can get lost in translation that says they don't like you. They don't want to spend time with you. You could have those feelings of rejection when really that friend could really be busy. busy. Yeah. You know, and that's just, that's just the fact. And so um, for me, I think it's helpful to identify what some of those lies. And for me, I actually just think a lot of the lies are patterns and we have some really specific lies we can each believe. And so totally. uh, for myself, again, it was the kind of, I would call it that birth, summer birthday phenomenon of feeling like either people don't like me or um, people are rejecting me and it gets highlighted in my birthday, but it can happen throughout the year. So I actually, um, sometime in November, 
I decided I wanted to throw this party and I wanted to do this Christmas craft party and not have it be super cheesy, but just do a really fun, simple way to get together and create and have women come into the house and have some food and just kind of get excited about Christmas, but also um, hang out together. And I had this vision for it. And this is, I think, part of who I am naturally, but probably hadn't done a lot of hosting in the last while. And so my husband was going out of town, which again, I think is a great time to have people over to create community instead of sitting at home alone. And so had this idea, started inviting people, people are saying yes. And then as the date got closer, people started just dropping out for really good reasons. They had to go do certain things that were going to keep them from coming. And so um, just before the party, my husband was still home, I went for a walk and I was was really upset. I felt frustrated. Mm. I felt rejected. And so as I went for my walk, I was just like, you know, I'm going to let myself feel this, right? I'm going to let myself feel these feelings that I'm naturally feeling rejected and frustrated. Mm -hmm. But I am actually going to turn it around and say, just because there's only a handful of people coming and it doesn't look the way I expected my expectations, I'm going to have a great time with the few people that are here. I'm not going to treat them any differently. We're still going to have a great time. And you know, the people who came, we had an incredible time, such good conversation. And when they left, I felt like I feel so filled up. I know that's what I needed. Hmm. I know that's what they needed. And I want to do that again. And so that that was a really good um, lesson for me in kind of going through those motions of having all the feels, yeah, but then not letting them kind of keep me down. And so I think that's where I could get and get stuck in the past in those lies of just feeling, feeling rejected and canceling the party. Yeah. So, well, I love what you just said, because first of all, it was very transparent that you were feeling, you were feeling bummed out that people were dropping out. And I think sometimes we have to acknowledge that it does stink. You know, it's not like, oh, no big deal. I just planned everything and bought all the food and, you know, opened up my home and put my heart on the line. I mean, it's vulnerable to do that. And so no one's doing it intentionally, but it still stinks that they're choosing to do something else or they have to do something else. And I love that you went for the walk and you thought about it and you let yourself feel the feelings, but then you made a conscious decision of how you were going to approach the party. Like the truth that you were going to step into is no matter how many people come, we're going to have an awesome time. And I think that is awesome. It's like a great picture of being honest with who you are and how you're feeling, but then getting yourself to a mature place so that you can be a really good friend to the people that do show up. So awesome. I love that. What can we practically do when we realize that we're getting in the way of having these healthy female friendships that we want to have? Like, what are some things when we finally go, oh my gosh, it's me. Like, I'm the problem. I keep on feeling rejected or projecting rejection, you know, that may not even really exist. What can we do when we kind of discover that? Well, I would say it's really good to pay attention to your emotions. Mm. So when you, and that's been such a key for me to identify a lot of the lies actually, um, has been, I got a text from a friend and I responded very emotionally. So why, and just sitting and asking a question, like, why am I responding so emotionally? Why am I so either upset about this? Why am I sad about this? Right. Um, and then just sitting with it and, and then asking the questions like, is that really true? 
Hmm. So I had one friend who uh, is a close friend and I had really wanted to have coffee with her for a while, but our schedules weren't connecting. And um, again, it's a friend who I really look up to. So I easily could feel almost like less than with her or something like my brain could think, right. you know, she's so great. And so I've been trying to get together with, uh, with her for coffee. And another friend sent me a message saying, oh, I'm going to meet this, this other friend for coffee. And I was like, oh, they're meeting, but she can't meet with me. And so hmm. I remember sitting on my couch and um, feeling, again, that sense of rejection. And I really had to kind of um, go through those emotions and realize that I actually had some really unhealthy responses that I had to think about. And so unhealthy responses are, I want to cut this person off, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to be their friend anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they obviously don't like me. Um, and I've had that, that response a few times with people where I've wanted to just end the friendship. And I have to just take a moment and say, is that really what's going on here? And so mm-hmm. when I can just pause for a second and kind of sit and ask some of those questions, um, I can decide either whether I need to have a crucial conversation like mm-hmm. I had with my other friend. Um, and I don't always have to. I'm not that person who's like, I'm going to have coffee with you and you know um, confront mm-hmm. you about something. But sometimes it actually does help to to ask for the truth or kind of get it out into light. Yeah. Um, so I think that that can be really practical. So I'll do that with a few um, friendships, the odd time, if it feels like I'm kind of, I'm unsure of the truth and I, and I want to um, stay on top of it. So I think just sitting with your emotions, identifying them, asking those questions. And, and sometimes it just involves us pausing yeah. instead, of, instead of going forward. And there was a woman I met, um, I think it was two years ago, in the preschool parking lot. She was a new friend and she just had a new baby. And so I said, I thought I was being a great person. I was like, Hey, um, I know we live near each other. I could drive your son home from preschool. If you want to stay home with your baby. Like I'm thinking this is so noble of me. <laughs> and she came back to me cause I knew for myself that, you know, would have been a struggle. And so she, yeah. was, you know, actually I'm happy to pick him up. He's my first and all this stuff. And so I heard what she said, but in my mind it was, no, I don't like you. I don't think that, you know, like whatever it was, it was just some form of rejection. And so my immediate desire was to call another friend and be like, this crazy person. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to like talk all about her, but I, I actually practiced some self-control, which is, you know, not always available, but, um, but I didn't say anything about her that was negative. I just kind of let, I just kind of put it to the side for a little bit. And I had some of those moments where I allowed myself to say, what if, what if she's not rejecting you? Yeah. What if she really is just, she's either in a hard place or, she, or she's telling the truth. She really does want to pick up her son. And yeah. so mo- months went on and we did actually start to build this very little friendship. And the following year, we ended up having a lot of touch points where we had um, one child in preschool, another child together in kindergarten. So we've seen each other a lot. Our friendship grew. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is she ended up being one of the few people who came to my craft party. Oh. Um, and I thought, you know, I like that. if I had talked about her to yeah. other friends, it would have been really hard to actually form a genuine friendship because I would have that lingering in the back of my mm-hmm. mind. Like, 
this is, this is the, a terrible thing that I've, you know, done. Yeah. And so I was thankful that I had that self-control and thankful that I didn't sabotage it before it even began. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's that huge temptation when we feel rejected to gather a little small army on our side. And the thing is, we don't even know if we really are truly being rejected. But then we've gathered this like group of people who are ready to take down this one woman who made you feel like you're rejected, but maybe didn't necessarily reject you. And the fact that you didn't do that, you left the door open for friendship, which is beautiful. And that she came to your party. She was one of you. It was was so, it was so, so (laughs) full circle. And really, in some ways, very symbolic in that moment of, yeah. like, hey, this is what you could have. And same with that friend with the um, coffee. We are such close friends right now. And I thought, I could have irrationally yeah. thrown that friendship away. Um, and I think even in our close friends, we don't always know what's going on in their lives. Like, you know? Yeah. I think that's so, it's such wisdom that you're saying, because what we want to do is we want to hit unfriend but we need to pause before we do that. And you, you can genuinely destroy a friendship by allowing your emotions to dictate your decisions. It doesn't mean that you can't feel your emotions, but they can't make the decisions for you. Yeah. So I think that's so good. Well, tell us a little bit about your podcast because you have a podcast show. Yeah. So uh, my podcast is called Ready to Thrive. And Love it. The, the tagline I just say to people is sort of, it's helping women move from surviving to thriving with practical tips and a whole lot of Jesus is sort of the I love that. tagline. Yeah. I love that. And, and can we find that anywhere? You can find it anywhere. Just look up ready to thrive or ready you thrive. can find a link through my Instagram okay. Widener, or through my website at jacquelineweidner.com. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes too. So if anybody is freaked out that they missed something, don't freak out. It's in the show notes. I always put it in the show notes for the, the listeners. And also tell us a little bit about this group that you're about to start. Yeah. So I'm excited to launch um, this online six-week study. Uh, the t- title of the study is Tangled. It's a soul care revival guide. Love and this. looking at our soul... Mm -hmm. Uh, in this metaphor of actually if you type in soul in your phone sometimes it will autocorrect to soil and so I'm talking about the soil of our hearts and this idea that we all have some weeds hanging out in there so whether Mm -hmm. those are weeds we've planted whether the weeds other people have planted and just this idea of um, sitting with God and uprooting those weeds so and a lot of those weeds are lies Hmm. Um, you know sometimes we see things happen in our lives um, and we try and deal with them, but they are symptoms yeah. of a deeper issue. And so sometimes I think I get in a fight with my husband and we're really upset about something and we pause and we go, actually, we're, we're just fighting about the symptom or the surface right. issue. So everyone knows, knows with weeds, if you actually want to get rid of a weed, you have to dig up the entire root. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what this six-week study is about. It is looking at what are the actual roots of what is going on in our lives and can we go back? So for me, again, it could be that birthday example of um, I really had to sit and say, on my birthday, what is the root issue? Well, the yeah. root issue might be feeling like I have no friends and that's yeah. not true. And so just sitting and uprooting those things um, 
can really help us find a lot of freedom. And I call it tangled. I like to tell people, it's like, you know, the, the old school headphones, if you don't have Bluetooth uh, wire, wireless headphones, you throw those in your purse or your bag and you go to pick them up a little bit later on. And you're like, these got so tangled. And it's so frustrating if someone has called you and you're like, just a second, let me, yeah. i my headphones. <laughs> you're still there like two minutes later. And so that's the idea. Sometimes we're going along in life and we're like, whoa, I'm, I'm so tangled in anxiety or fear or jealousy. And so really just sitting and trying to figure out how do we get untangled? How do we do things again, like friendship in wisdom? How do we not get tangled up? Yeah. I love that. Well, my suggestion to listeners is just to follow you online, get on Instagram and kind of do a little internet stalking so they can get into the group um, when it gets launched. So why don't you tell us where we can find you? You're on Instagram. You mentioned yep. your handle briefly, but just say it one more time. Sure. So it's Jacqueline.Widener and okay. it is J-A-C-L-Y-N dot W-E-I-D-N-E-R. That's where I'm on Instagram. Um, love doing some Insta stories and just hanging out there. And I love connecting with people on there. I think social media, um, social media used well. Yeah can be such a great tool. And so I think I like to think of it as a party Mm -hmm. and it would be weird if I went to a party and I didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. So I always encourage people to engage and to reach out and comment and to message people and just try to engage with people that you're like, Hey, if I saw you at a party, I'd love to strike up a conversation. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. Again, this will be in the show notes. Okay. Last question. My most favorite question. I end all the interviews with this question, and that is, if you could become friends with any person in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? I think this probably would change for me. Um, <laughs> um, and I know that I thought about this question before, and I can't even remember who I... Do you remember who I, I maybe told you? You might have told me. Let me look it up. But if you've got somebody new, you're allowed to change it. Yeah. A lot of times people do change it. Okay. I think you said, oh, yeah, this person I would love to be friends with too. You mentioned Joanna Gaines. Oh, yes. Okay, of course. So tell me um, why why Joanna Gaines. Okay. You know, yeah, it's so funny. I, I, um, I, I could change it to so many people. But um, <laughs> Joanna Gaines I think would be super fun because I think the conversations would be endless. Yeah. We'd be talking about parenting and then you'd be talking about creating something and then you'd be cooking and gardening like she has a wealth of knowledge decorating she's a wealth of knowledge plus if we were friends she actually would come over to my house mm-hmm. and she'd do some decorating and then she'd be like hey why don't you just swing by magnolia and pick out what you want because we're such good friends you're such good friends i know i mean of course you do that after she went to my house Totally. Well, we'd all share friends. We'd all, we'd all share Joanna equally. No, she is, she definitely is a really cool woman. And, and when I do watch her, um, and I don't watch the show regularly. I don't even know if it's on anymore, but sometimes they do reruns. Like yeah. if you're in a dentist's office or something like that. And I'm like, she's so cute all the time. Yeah. She looks well, cute all the time. I just want her hair. Her hair is just fabulous all the time. I know. She, it, you know, yeah. So, so much I could say about Joanna. I, I actually haven't watched her show a ton, but I did get the ch- chance to go to Magnolia 
a year ago. What? We were um, in Texas and it was around my husband's 40th birthday. So obviously he wanted nothing more than just to take me to Magnolia. Oh my um, gosh. And I thought of it almost <laughs> like when you go to Disneyland, like before you go to Disneyland, you're like, maybe I need like a Mickey Mouse shirt. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I need Donald like toothbrush and I need Mickey pajamas. And I like, you just get into this weird zone. Okay. So can you see what I'm holding <laughs> up right now? Exactly. I'm no. holding up for the listeners. We did not plan this, by the way. I yeah. completely forgot who yeah. her celebrity bestie was going to be. Yeah. But I'm holding up the Magnolia mug that's like, I think it was hand... Wow. I don't know what, but yeah. Someone Joanna, got this for me. I never went to Magnolia. Someone got this for me. Joanna's hands would have touched it. Well, I think that <laughs> I think that's it. Is that you get there and you have to say to yourself, like, you don't need that item that happens to have Magnolia stamped on the bottom. But you do, Jacqueline. But in yeah. your brain it gets into this weird zone and anybody who goes, I make them bring something back for me. Yeah. That's how crazy I am. I'm like, yeah. bring me back another Magnolia mug yeah. because you yeah. can't have too many of them. So yeah. I'm with you. I would totally share Joanna with you. Yeah. We could do a little girl's getaway, which would be amazing with her because she's got so many amazing properties. And we'd have matching onesies. We'd have matching onesies and matching mugs. Yeah. And she would redecorate our homes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. And I encourage all the listeners to go check out Jacqueline Widener, Stalker Online. Look at the show notes to get the exact spelling and um, become a friend. Why not? Well, thanks, Noel. Nice of course. To Jacqueline, me, and Joanna Gaines. Oh my gosh, too fun. Okay, so I want to encourage you to check out this study called Tangled, the, the study that Jacqueline was talking about. It is a soul care revival experience. And I know that she is going to be launching another study group in May. And I know that Jacqueline said that this experience, this uh, Tangled a study group experience is going to be very accessible for us East Coast folk because, you know, time difference. So she told me that she's going to open the doors to register May 1st, and then they're going to close on May 10th. Guys, I want you to go check it out. If you are feeling like you really need to do some work and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Well, take this as your sign. So go and check it out. All the info is going to be on the show notes. It's definitely worth the investment and the time. And I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. And I'm excited that it's going to be super accessible to us East Coast folk. So check it out and tell all your friends about it. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned that I was sabotaging my friendships by believing that my friends thought I was dumb because I was projecting a false paradigm of which I believed of myself. That was, I was intellectually inferior, wasn't very smart, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, it was actually sort of affecting my friendships. I was thinking people that I was stupid and I wasn't really opening up. And anyways, um, I was sabotaging my friendships. So I did a little exercise, and I want to encourage you to do the same. But again, fair warning, this kind of self-work can feel uncomfortable and awkward, okay? I decided to sit down with a little pen and paper and ask myself, when was the first time that I felt 
like someone made me feel stupid. Okay. When was this first time? I try to go back as early as I can. And I'm sure that there's many examples of this, but I, I try to go with whatever sort of came to my mind first. And then I wrote about it. And I'm going to share with you the story very briefly, but I want you to know that this is very important to do. We have to kind of go down to the root. The only way to get rid of intrusive weeds, okay, or intrusive thinking that's negative and harmful is by going to the root. In our garden right now, we have this vine that keeps on growing and it kills everything. It's awful. It chokes our trees. It chokes our beautiful plants. And the only only way to get rid of it is to rip it from its root, right? So this is what we're talking about. We're going to go down, we're going to find the root, and then we're going to rip it out. Okay, so back to my little exercise. I sat down with my little book and pen and I asked myself, when was the first time that anyone ever made me feel like I was dumb? And then I remembered that when I was a senior in high school, it was probably the early part of my senior year, I just found out that I had won a scholarship to my choice university. So this was a school I'd applied to. It was the one I wanted to attend. And I just got a letter saying that I won a scholarship and they were going to give me some money. And it was an academic scholarship and it was based upon my SAT score. So you know, I felt pretty good. I mean, you're 17 years old and you're being told by your first choice a university that they're going to give you money because they're pleased with your SAT score. Very foolishly, I share this information with a friend. I tell her, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I just got this letter. They're saying they're going to give me money. My parents are super happy about this. And they said they gave it to me because I had a certain score on my SATs. Okay. And I remember this friend and I'm doing quotes, air quotes, because, you know, I wouldn't say she was the best friend in the world, looked at me and said, well, what was your SAT score? And I don't, I can't even tell you what it is. I don't even remember what it was, but I must have given her the number and she threw her head back and laughed and said, that is a hundred points less than my SAT score. And the university that I'm going to is paying for my full tuition. It was like burn. (laughs) It was like, you have no reason to celebrate. You're dumb. I'm smart. I'm getting more money than you are. Shut up. That's how I took it. But from then on, I always questioned my ability to perform academically, truly. Now, I didn't suffer academically. I always got fairly good grades. I I worked hard. You know, I made it a priority when I studied at university. I've always been a learner. But no matter what I do, I always am like, I'm kind of dumb. And I'm dumb for thinking that I'm not dumb. And it was that moment that I really thought, wow, most people around me are smarter than me and I'm foolish for thinking that I'm smart. So it's better not to share my thoughts or be careful to share my thoughts or make my thoughts into a joke. So at least that will be accepted. I mean, this is when you say these things out loud, you're going, wow, I I, kind of sound crazy, but these are the paradigms. These are the lies that we believe about ourselves 
that eventually sabotage our friendships. And so what I did is I wrote this all down. And then I rewrote the whole situation as if there was the adult version of me standing there and witnessing the whole thing. So I interjected my older self into the conversation and pointed out how this argument of me being quote-unquote stupid was false. I essentially rewrote the paradigm. I helped little young Noel see what that situation really was. You know, this, this other friend maybe was jealous or maybe she was having a bad day or maybe she just, you know, for whatever reason needed to make me feel small. But just because she made me feel small doesn't mean that I actually was small. Although I am quite short, but you hear what I'm saying. Even though she made me feel intellectually inferior, it didn't mean that was actually the case. And so doing this exercise, as silly as it felt, really helped me. And writing it out by hand was particularly powerful. So I encourage you, if there is some kind of false paradigm or lie that you're struggling with that you recognize is sabotaging your relationships and the and the depth that you're having with your friends, well then... Try this out. See if it works. This is just one little tool, one little resource that may be helpful. It definitely helps me, and I often do it because I have lots of lies that I'm untangling from, and I realize that when I'm walking in the truth, it sets me free. There's actually a Bible verse that talks about this. Jesus actually said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I really do believe that as we understand the truth of who we are, we are able to be more free to connect to others in a healthy way. So please hear me. You're not the only person who has sabotaged your friendships. We all have. We all have struggled with this. This is your day, this is your moment to start tackling it and dealing with your stuff so that you can have healthy, life-giving friendship. It is possible. That is all for today. I hope that you are staying well and that you're staying connected. And if you're looking for friendship and a community, please go check out our Facebook group that we call The Friending Squad. You are more than welcome to come hang out with us there. We talk about friendship stuff. We try to be an encouragement to one another. And we also have some pretty fun little Zoom parties that we throw. So go check it out there. Everything that you need to know is in the show notes. So, um, you know, go to the show notes. That's where all the info is. And I will talk to you soon. In the meantime, be a good friend. The world needs more of them. Your friend, Noel. Hey, if you enjoy this podcast, if you have found friending helpful, then help us by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review because you're cool like that, okay? Leaving a review on iTunes helps others find us, and we want to help as many women as possible grow healthy female friendship in their life. Okay, thanks for being a friend.